Well, what's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Ladies for you today. Solana and Steve Denovi join me, and you know what that means. It is preview time. Virginia Pro preview this Saturday. A fantastic meet is going to take place within the USAPL Pro Series. Um, in our opinions, I, I think I'm fair. I think it's safe to say that all three of us believe this Virginia Pro is better than the previous Virginia Pro, and potentially this meet can get better. Stack lineup, men and female, head-to-head -head battles, lots of deep roster talk about with some sub-storylines. We go into men and female. We start off the episode, Solana gives into just the breakdown, what this means for the Pro Series. Steve covers that, the cash payouts. It's going to be a fantastic meet. Last year, one of the best meets of the year. In my opinion, the best meet of the year might be being a little bit biased on my end, but this year it should live up to the hype. We got the preview for it. Make sure you are subscribing to Two White Lights on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating is there uh, there as well. Also, go to our website. Go to twowhitelights.com and get yourself some merchandise. Go and get yourself so much different stuff. We got the hoodies. We got the off-the-top rope tee, the original logo. We don't have as many unless you're a bigger fella or bigger lady. We got the Steve After Dark shirts. We got the PR City shirt. Make sure you guys are going on the website. Also, you can subscribe to Two White Lights there as well. And without further ado, here it is. Two White Lights. I got with me Steve Denovi and Solana Lewis, and that means one thing. We got a preview show, and I'm really, really excited about this preview show because I don't know, it might it might be my only it might be my opinion, but this Virginia Pro has a little bit more intrigue involved into it because the Pro series has actually taken shape. Whereas last year it was this amazing, incredible roster, but there wasn't too many like head-to-head -head battles going on that really people were super uh, intrigued about or following this one has some actual like repercussions and also we have one to go off of so Solana Steve I'm excited for this one I'm also excited uh I will also start by saying some changes were made different from last year which is way better last year was just top five period men and women combined this year is top five men and then top five women get cash prizes so that's way better because Honestly, talking to the woman, they all didn't want to do it <laughs> because of that. And then once he announced that, it was different. So uh, we have some cash prizes. First place, men and woman each get five grand. Second place, twenty five hundred. Third place, one thousand. Fourth place, five hundred. Fifth place is two fifty. So that's definitely exciting. And then what's also cool, which Steve can talk more about, is like how this could shape up the changes for top ten pro series. Yeah. And the thing is, so one, as Angela mentioned, there's a bit more understanding of like what this is going to be like. I mean, like I'll use one example. Last year, people were complaining about the live stream being paid because we didn't know what it would be. And honestly, after it happened, we were all like, you know what? 
it was a good enough live stream that I think you can actually warrant being paid for. But even cooler this year, it's free. And yeah. I mean, I, Saber Saber has a lot of things. He, he always usually comes through, and he he says it, this year is going to take it to the next level. So I'm really excited to see what that is. I'm excited to see it be free, so more people can see it. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, next year is when it's. I don't say it's going to peak, but next year is when it's going to be truly what the VA Pro is meant to be. Not in the sense of like the meat, but the relevance in the pro series. Because the issue is, is this pro series this year has been weird because it had two Virginia pros within it. It had way too many Ubu meets. And there are a couple people who could work their way in. I'll, I'll name some of them before we get into kind of like the breakdowns of everyone. But next year, when all there is is the Arnold Nationals and the Virginia Pro, the Virginia Pro is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the last meet. It's going to be the last meet you can do to get points to get in. And next year, it could be a really big deal of the people doing it because there's there's only going to be three meets you can award points in. Where this year, for the most part, it's kind of set. The, the big question mark is, one, who's going to do the finale uh, and or leaf for Powerlifting America? Um Here's what I know, and we can call people can call bad journalism. Some I have more confirmed than others. In the current top ten, I have heard the rumor that John Gruden is going powerlifting America simply because it lines up better with uh, the NFL schedule. It, September on nationals has always been an issue, so I've heard rumors. But Gruden's the international man of mystery. He would be one. He's got a spot, and it's going to trickle down if he leaves. So he'd be one person in the top ten. Um, Russell Orhe has been pretty like open that he doesn't want to do the Arnold. He should or care about the pro series. He should do it. So he should. I, I hope that as we see this kind of come to fruition, especially as it works better, hopefully next year that he would be excited to do it because we can get uh, a Bob versus Brandon versus Ashton versus Rondell versus Russell versus Perkins finale. I'm sorry, but that sounds more intriguing to me than Sheffield. Yeah. Um, I say that, so. that's a better top six than Sheffield has. Mm-hmm. Um, on the men's side, if we're using the men's side, the women's is different. IPF women uh, definitely have are deeper and more stacked than the USAPL women. Um, and then again, I, uh, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this next one because I think I, this, I'm not going to say the next one that I, I think I know because I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. We were told Angelo, but I don't know if that's like public information to share. Do you know which one I'm talking about? No, I don't know what the hell. I'm not going to say. There, there's a there's a third person that, as far as I know, is not doing the Arnold, but I don't want to announce that one because I don't know if that's something I was supposed to say or not. Either way, because is of it that, male it or female? Down. And yeah. as of right, male or female? Male. Okay, let me male. see if I could guess. Um, because of that, it trickles down, and right now the three that would trickle up mm-hmm. in eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth are Jared Martin, Michael C, and Dan Clements. On the border, who could possibly work in, or honestly, the main two people that could possibly sneak in there, depending on their placing, is Mark Frizzell or Marcus Adoto. Mark Frizzell's in 17th right now with 19 points. Marcus Adoto's in with 16 points. Um, and honestly, Dan Clements, he might up his points. So uh, I, we could see one or two people. I think Mark or Marcus, depending on where they place, could sneak into that top 10. On the women's side, I know of four women who are going powerlifting America, um, from what I know, confirmed Jamie Fisher and Jessica Espanol. Um, and then unconfirmed, like not publicly stated, but I've, I've heard from multiple sources again, might be wrong, but what I've been told, Christina Paracci and Brittany Saplicki. So that would be four people switching over. And that would then cause the trickle down for autumn Jordan and Alexis to get in. So Alexis would be the final person in, but 
the points on that side is a bit lower. Alexis is only at 19. She's obviously not doing this meet. So it really, in particular, opens it up for Allison Weinberg and Carly Richard. They're mm-hmm. the two that I kind of see on the bubble there, who I both, I think, could place possibly top five. And that will, e- even if not, I, I just I should even say six or seven. I think six or seven both bumps them in. Yeah, it does. It actually bumps them in and would jump, it would bump out Jordan and Alexis. So if, if Allison and Carly place in the top six, like I figure they will, they will bump into the finale, and that would bump out Jordan and Alexis. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a lot to that's, look. That's the breakdown of how it can affect it, though. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, and it's always good to have those, like, kind of those sub battles in between because this is why we wanted the Pro Series, something of a season where every meet means something. But yeah, you were absolutely right. This next Virginia Pro, because it's going to fall into an actual good schedule, possibly without, you know, the two random Ubu meets, no one, one cared for or really wanted to compete at, this can be something really special but right now as it stands like i actually really i like this roster more because it's a little bit more condensed and it's a little bit more clear on what's going on so from the men's side and we're going to start with the men because it's deep and you got the best lifters in the usapl like minus brandon petrie currently on the standings but to replace brandon petrie you got austin perkins so to start you got the three-way battle Bob, Ash, and Perk. And really, at this point, I cannot decide who is going to be the victor out of that. Like, it is so close, and it might even come down to body weight. Yeah, I mean, that's the big battle. And this, this is important to see here because Perk's not going to be in the finale since he didn't do nationals. Mm-hmm. Because he would be one of, like, the, the big five uh, that we have right now who's kind of in that 570 dots plus. Uh, I should say big six. I think Russ. I think Russ is five sixty eight. He's kind of borderline right there. If he, if Russ had been healthy, he probably would have been in that five seventy area. But Austin, Brandon, Bob, uh, and Ash uh, are kind of those the big four, you could say. Um, so yeah, I we'll talk about it now. But like, I don't know. I, I any any those are gonna be the top three, very likely. But any combination of those could uh, very well happen. And I've got question marks for every single one of them. That's one of the biggest things is where's my confidence lie on who I think is going to perform? Because if I'm going dot scores right now, I've got at 585, 584, 579. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about five DOS points. Well, let's um, start. That's one missed lifter made. Well, let's start with Perk then, because we've had a ton of preview shows with Bob and Ash. Like, really giving a scouting report at, at, with them two right now is hard because we've previewed them so much, we've seen it compete so much. Perk. We haven't done a preview show for him in a while. Um, didn't compete at nationals. Was injured the last uh, or then the last big meet he was supposed to was the Arnold and got that hernia right before he was supposed to compete. I believe like two or three weeks out or something, something crazy like that. And what we're seeing from his training, I said it on a story post. If there was a power ranker right now, just with people in the gym, Perk is my number one. But the big question mark for me, Perk. You're listening to this, and I hope it doesn't become a story post on how I'm overlooking you and underestimating you, but that squat depth. There was a few of those squats that were alarming to me because they were high, and yes, they were high. I don't care about what angle you were talking about. Some were closer. He's typically a closer squatter, in my opinion. Like He's not one of those guys that's like, oh, he goes ass to grass, but he gets his calls in competition, I'll say that, but... 
When you do that a little bit more consistently, when you're squatting potentially at that borderline and above borderline, it can lead to some issues on comp day. But then he posted that 300 kilo squat looking really easy, still borderline. I don't know where I would go, white, white or red light on that one. But I think he can bury it just a bit, and I think he can go 305 on a day. And if he starts off today with a 305 squat, I don't know. I I, I, I could see him winning this thing. But I, I always I, get – it's like losing your fastball. If you're missing your depth on squat, it's like going into a game without a fastball. I'm actually going to say a squat's not my biggest question mark for him. Because I'm very – I agree. Yep. So we all agree. Depth has been a little questionable, but I, I really think – I mean, sometimes people on you don't want to ever say it'll be there on meet day. But the fact of the matter is, is I think he can add a little bit of depth and still hit through real five. I'm pretty darn confident on mm-hmm. that. Which is amazing, by the way. Three oh, is that the is that the unofficial world record best ever? I think it would be. Did Atwood? It was three. I thought Atwood three. Was three. Yeah, three oh, it's the record, yeah, right? Three oh, yeah, and you can't chip at this meet, so yeah, it has to be three oh five. Also, are important, you sure? Yeah, at, also chip, important thing to mention. Oh yeah. Uh, they sent out an email saying you cannot chip at this meet. Mm-hmm. You cannot. You can set American that's records, but you cannot chip that's, them. That's a that was, that was a whole thing I did a story about. But you can chip at state meets. You can chip at state meets, but you can't chip at the Virginia Pro. Yeah, I remember makes, this story now. <laughs> makes no sense. I had a lot of people saying that they were okay with it, but they were all people that said, "Well, you should only be able to chip at nationals." And I was like, "That's not the rule, though. If you could only chip at nationals, maybe I could understand." Yeah, but you can chip at state meets or. Another thing here, Carolina. I mean, I talked to Marshall about this. Uh, Carolina primetime because they had a five thousand dollar pride pool and they're a pro meet, not a pro meet as the pro series. Or they could chip it. Isn't this a pro? That's meet wild. Well yeah, this is a pro meet, but know. not a Makes pro no meet. Sense. Okay, whatever. Do not bog down the conversation or okay. uh, the the preview with that, weird things issue from the USA. <laughs> that's a whole rant. That's okay. a whole rant on chipping. But I don't know. Austin hadn't been posting much on deadlifting, and so I kind of wondered, is it going well? And he just posted a 650 deadlift. It was hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he needs a 700. I, maybe it peaks amazing. Who knows? But he's going to need a 700-pound deadlift. He's hit 699. He's going to need 699. Like, if he can't hit 699, I can't pick him to win. If he, he can hit 699 and he hits the bench in the squad I see, he's my favorite. But my single biggest question mark is not squat because I'm pretty darn confident he can hit 305. I don't know if he can hit a 700-pound deadlift right now. We'll have to see how it peaks, but, I mean, just frankly, that 650 didn't look great to me. Slider? I agree with that. That was definitely my bigger concern because, just like you said, when it comes to his squat, he does get white lights on meat day. So I'm like, okay, you'll probably sink a little bit more. And if he starts out with a strong squat, I have a lot of – like hope behind them because his bench press has improved a ridiculous oh. amount. Just the fact that like he was doing three ninety six and now it's four thirty. Like that's I don't know what happened. I don't understand it. I don't he know ate if, food. Like, yeah, he's he eating actual human he's eating. food. He's eating food. Uh, shout out <laughs> Melissa Wynn. He's been working with the both of us, and um, I, I have yet to see the bench progress for me. But um, I was not as <laughs> undersized as Austin Perkins. Austin Perkins is, was an undersized 75, 74 kilo lifter, and now he's a solid size 74, 75 kilo lifter, where I think he's in a perfect range. Like when I look at him, I don't see him being like, oh, yeah, you got to go to 82 and a half or 83 one day. Like I yeah. see him being in this weight class for a long time, and that bench press 
does look fantastic on subtotal. He's killing you. The one thing I will say on a squad, and I will get to the deadlift later. One thing I'll say in a squat, knowing him and some of his training in the past, his squat in training was a lot different. Where it was kind of, he would bury the shit out of his squats. I trained with him and I seen him bury his squats. And, you know, I, I don't think it's the worst thing to do to somewhat find that perfect depth where you're getting that rebound and not bearing it because you can lose a little bit of that rebound strength if you go too low on your squat. I have no problem with that, but some of these squats I'm seeing throughout this training has been higher than usual and I think higher than comp standard at times. But like you said, Steve, with how 300 moved in the gym, I'm confident his abilities to go 305 on squat and actually give a little bit of the tank. Here's what I'll say about his deadlift as well. His deadlift seems to peak really, really well. I've seen in the past, and the evidence I'm going to use is for the Arizona meet. If I was going into the meet, I did not think he was going to get 700, and he did. And I, I actually really like how that pull looked. Um, deadlift, based on his proportions, that's going to be the lift he's going to struggle the most on. But he just seems to peak really well for it. Um, we'll see. If it's there on meet day, that is going to be the big thing because on subtotal, he's going to be up there with Bob and Ash, but Bob and Ash are massive pullers that potentially could lead to, um, you know, a second attempt being maybe a little bit out of reach for him. Uh, but really with Perk, but and going into the game day, I really like Joe handling him, and I saw that maturity from Joe on meet day last Virginia Pro. Like, when I was seeing Perk and actually Joe calling these attempts, I'm like, oh, that's a smart attempt. Like, it looks like this is working out very, very well, um, that coach-client relationship where um, Perk is an incredibly enthusiastic kid. I don't think um, I'm breaking any news by that. If you guys have worked out with him or competed with him, he's a little bit too energetic at times, sometimes gets under my skin a little bit. But that means you could come unglued a little bit of comp, but Joe had him handled enough where he was able to make some really smart attempt selections, I think, at the Arizona meet where he... Totaled 790, and at the Virginia Pro last year, where we had a fantastic meet. So, um, yeah, that's 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 the one I really wanted to cover a lot of because we have not talked about Perk, but we still got to talk about Ash and Bob. They're Ash and Bob. They're the juggernauts. So the I'm Titans. Say two two more things on Perk, real quick. Real quick. Okay. One, he has he is a disadvantage because his main competition will pull after him. That yep. is a note. Yes. So we'll get that to an Ash and Bob. Two. I'm going to throw this out there. I got him on a perfect day at eight twelve and a half. Oof. I think I'm oh. very confident around eight hundred. He does that. Guess what? He ends twenty twenty two as the best seventy four seventy five kilo lifter in the world. That is big, yeah. And just, you know, just because you you were you did something a, a year ago doesn't mean you're the best this year. Just because Tom Brady won the Super Bowl two years ago and won MVPs, he doesn't mean he's the best this year. This year, right now, Austin and Atwood are tied at 790. There's not as much credential into Austin 790 since it was done at like what we'll call it a local meet. I'm not giving that Ubu meet a, a pro status. If he does 792 and a half plus here, he ends 2022 as the best 74, 75 kilo lifter in the world. Mm -hmm. Yep. I yep. agree with that. And also Crazy. the 74, 75 kilo weight class is again very interesting. Kel Bornstein saw what he did. He's going to be in that pro series finale. Um, He's he's at that level now. Cam Akira as well at 760 now. Now now the 75, 74 kilo weight class is no longer this thing where it's like, ah, oh, you know, too bad Perk and Atwood exist. 
No, I think those guys can make a run for it in the next two or three years, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So welcome back to the conversation, a stack 74, 75 kilo weight class. But let's talk about the other two men in this in this head to, in this head to head competition, Ash and Bob. Yeah, I don't know what to say about them. I, I at this point, I, I just don't know what to say. Like nothing they do. Like Bob has now gotten a thing where he's like not amazing to me anymore because. I'm so used to him doing incredibly amazing things where I have to like look for a dip video to be like, what the hell? Like, that's crazy. And I have to look at Ash and do like different things because I'm so used to them throwing up amazing weight in the gym. No, that makes total sense. Um, Bob, I think I'm really excited for this meet for him just because we all saw what he did for doubles that 760 by two, 495 by two, and then 815 for two. Like, if he can, if he's going in that strong, like, I have him. My assumptions were 777 squat. I think I'm actually, like, kind of pulling back what you can do, but 777 squat, 512 bench, which I think he made more than that, and then 848 deadlift. That's where I have him, which is a pretty big jump up from last meet. My only thing is, Nationals, he was also going in extremely hot and had a great meet and obviously won, but he did not hit the numbers he wanted to hit. So I'm like, can you put that up on the platform? He's excellent and strong, but can you do exactly what he did in the gym? On the platform, yeah, and that I went kind of conservative because I would, I could, I could. If you wanted to tell me he's going to go seven eighty five hundred one and like eight sixty, that is a plausible scenario if he peaks perfect. I don't think we've seen him peak perfect quite yet. So the thing is, yeah, so conservative numbers wise, I've actually got him and Ashton tying on total. Like, spot on, same total. Did not mean to do that. It's just the numbers I came up with have the time on total. Here's the thing, though. I don't think Bob currently still has the body weight advantage. Well, yeah. With um, with Nationals, like you were alluding to, Slot, he didn't have his numbers, but he did make, like, a last-second decision there to cut a little bit of weight so he can take it best overall lifter. And I think that's what caused him to do that. I think maybe with him not doing that, you can see him actually hit those numbers. But at the same time, Ash, hope, I'm hoping he won't be out in Virginia um, out <laughs> the night before a meet with us and uh, hanging out. I think, Solana, you were there. and yeah. <laughs> You yeah. other people. So, he had more beer well, than I had. Yeah. <laughs> no, Alright, right, fake news. He did not have so. a drink. Now, have a drink that night. He just stayed out in Vegas till about 11.30 at night. <laughs> that, is, that is fake well, news. Ashton that is bad journalism. You cannot drink that night. Friday, so am I on, am I on Ashton, Ashton babysitting duties to make sure he only eats and no drinks? Well, to be honest, I know he's working late on Friday, so I don't think he can. Like, he's working so late he can't go to Q&A. So I'm like, okay, good. Work, go I think he's wanting to, to, to go out to dinner after because he messaged me. Are you serious? Yeah. All right, well... <laughs> On Friday? Yeah. Well, that's fine. That's easy eating. You're just going out to dinner. I mean, like, that's a different evening. Going out with your friends in Vegas before you're about to compete <laughs> is different Ashton's than going out in do, Virginia. He's not going to do it this time. Because no, he's I not. Think, I think that, and it was, that was a big wake-up call for him. It wasn't the I day before either. He was living it up in Vegas. Like, two days before, now, two days before he was having a good amount to drink. He was driving us around Fremont, like... You know, looking to stay up as late as I was, and I just finished a competition. So, like that. Like, that aspect, like, that is not happening this time. Yeah, and I, 
I think he's hit another like level of motivation because he's got Keenan, he's got Bob in the same weight class now. He sees the finale and he wants to win that. I mean, I expect him. I mean, it comes down to execution. Um, I think what his best total, he hit 2100 before, correct? Right on the dot. Open powerlifting. Yeah, 2105. Yeah. Literally 2105 is about spot on where I think he's going to be. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be at his like peaked above his best ever. But that 2105 is kind of this landmark number where I've got Ashton and Bob. If I if I if I'm more confident in one of them going above that, it's Bob. Um, but that's that it'll be interesting because I also have them basically the same deadlift numbers. I think maybe Bob pulls second or pulls after and pulls after Ashton, but that I don't know. They, they're so close on numbers. Ashton's got him a little bit on squat. Bob's got him a bit on bench, and then they're basically dead even on deadlift. I, I don't know. This is the the fact that they're in the same weight class and they're likely trying to go for the win, this this is why the VA Pro this year is better. Mm-hmm. Because this matchup has a lot of a lot more significance significance than just the coefficient score. This is the two best 100, 105 or one hundred and ten because they're both going to be one, under one hundred and five. Um, they're probably going to out total all these one hundred and fives who just did euros by probably sixty plus kilos um, if they do pretty well. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best one hundred fives or one tens, and we're going to see them in a head to head matchup. And it, it just really comes down to hitting lifts. And I, I think I Ashes has body weight advantage, but I think I trust Bob more to make lifts. Um, Ash doesn't really miss squats. I mean, he, there was the issue with the whip on that bar at nationals. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he doesn't miss squats. His, his Ashton's issue is bench and what happens on bench on the day. Uh, um, he's, he's always a little bit finicky with how bench peaks and how his pec feels. Um, and he, he kind of goes back and forth between sumo and conventional. I think he's doing conventional right now. So that's where, I mean, I, I fully expect Ashton to be able to hit list, but I just, I have a couple of question marks there with kind of how conventional is going to peak and how bench is going to peak where with Bob, there's just been so much consistency that I just feel like that that floor that I have of 2105, I think is like the floor. Like I think he can, I think he can go higher than that where I think that's maybe pushing a little bit more towards Ashton's ceiling. But again, comes down to body weight. If Ashton weighs less then he doesn't have to total as much as Bob, but I'm sure he's going to want to. Cause again, there, he's going to want to beat him on total because if you don't, you, you and since lost to Bob still, even if you beat him on dot. Very true. And also, the other thing that makes me like want to lean more towards Bob is just like the way Ashton's talking. He was kind of like preps and rough, but we got through it. He had a really strong last SPD session, but it kind of seems like besides that session, it was just not as great. And then, of course, you're watching Bob with like freaking superhero music in the background, and like it's constantly like improving every single session. So, but at the same time, we do know Ashton can hit his lifts on meet day. So there's always that. He's proven that he can. Bench press, it looks like it's fine. Like, he just hit. Didn't he just hit, like, 457? And it was close grip. And he always, like, goes wide and then freaks out and goes narrow. It seems like he just going to do close grip again. Yeah, it's so a, it says shoulder. It's really that. I, I believe it says, I believe he has chronic shoulder problems. Peck. Okay, isn't it? But, like, shoulder to peck. Like that area, yeah, I've heard pec minor insertion area. Yeah, that's what. I'll, that's why he doesn't go wide because he can't, he aggravates it all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, but the thing is, I, even though he hit four fifty seven, the issue is, is he, he. I don't know. Well, I guess it's that, that. I don't know if he does that on an SPD day. I feel like squat affects his bench come meet day a little bit. Really? Yeah. Oh, because the shoulder, I guess. No, yeah, I mean, no. I mean, just when you squat eight hundred and ten <laughs> yeah, pounds it's, it's in a, a lot. lower position, it fatigues. It fatigues okay. the shoulders and the arms a bit. 
Yeah, it's, it's sorry. Weird. I'm picturing me a small six seven, like somehow being affected by my spot. Yeah, I've, I've I've heard that as well. Um, let me ask you both this question: Who do you trust more hitting their last deadlift, Bob or Ash? Ashton actually, because he's conventional and I, I, he usually doesn't miss a deadlift, barring he tries to yellow it. So I actually, I think I probably trust Ashton there a bit more. Bob, what was it? Up and down issues on his second attempt. No, he just dropped it. I thought it was balance. Okay, okay, okay. I okay. thought he, lost, but I based on what I saw, I, I thought he just lost a little bit of balance there at the top. It looked like he was going to that. Because sometimes, I mean, oh. it could vary. I don't know if it's a grip thing, but it very well can be a balancing once you get that lockout with hook grip. It's just sumo. Like, That's why I'm going. If, if I'm always, if, if two people deadlift the same, basically, I'm always going to be tr- more trustworthy in the person pulling conventional. I agree. Okay. I, I, I was going to say that's fair. I was going to say Ash just based on this is not his first rodeo. It's not Bob's either at this point, but Ash has been doing this for like since he was 15. So. Like that to me goes. I, I, I tend to side with the veteran. I think Ashton is is he is he undefeated in these dots based competitions? Obviously not nationals, yeah. but that was like he was. It he was a weight class battle. He wasn't like going head, like in these dot like the Arnold, the VA Pro, um, the Grand Prix. Has he well, ever we're talking lost about like, a dots? We're talking about like two competitions or three competitions. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm saying I, I'm yeah. saying I trust him. He's never, but that those competitions. All right. So last Virginia Pro, I would say he was pushed. The Arnold, no, he wasn't. Um, and then the other Grand Prix, yeah. no, he wasn't. Yeah. So like, so it's an undefeated, but it's one of those undefeated. Like, okay, if he wins the Virginia Pro, then it's like, okay, this is like. This is something we can talk about. Four and zero in these dots based meets, or five and zero, or whatever it is. And um, I mean, he pulled he's Pichina. beat Petrie, and I mean he not did. Petrie, Bob and uh, Bob and Perkins. Yeah, Ashton think... pulled to beat Keenan. I just I don't know. I'm just I'm going with I trust Ashton to pull. I I, I no, don't distrust Bob. I just trust Ashton to hit okay. a deadlift. That's not, that's why it's I was asking. It's fully fair because he's done it enough times. I'm only gonna say probably more towards Bob because it was online for him on at the um nationals and like second attempt like he missed it like he had to like hit it or it was over like he would lose by a lot and like that was a lot on the line he still got it Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay that was your most recent meet you had that momentum going into this meet like that's the only reason i'm like i'm gonna push more towards bob and also just the way ash is talking not having the strongest prep that's the only Mm -hmm. reason i would just lean more towards bob for this particular meet yeah and uh you know like the the other like sub story here is you know, you got the craft at the top, but potentially you get a game day athlete winning the Virginia Pro. That'll be, uh, that, that'll, that'll, you know, I mean, craft is sitting pretty at the top, but it's good to see potentially, you know, someone else from a different coaching getting at the top. Obviously, bias there from me. But, um, any last takes before we get into the deep roster? No, I'll just say that's actually very exciting because I love myself so all my heart. I'm getting sick of you. All your athletes keep winning. I'm sick of yeah. you, okay? See, this like, is, someone else's athlete, please win. <laughs> yeah, it's going to turn. I'm telling you. People love Marcellus now. People love him. Wait till you get <laughs> too good, Marcellus. People mm-hmm. will start to hate you. People would think being jacked isn't as cool as it seems. And being really good looking, <laughs> like some of your athletes are, isn't as cool as it seems. And being fantastic dancers isn't as cool as it seems. 
eventually people are gonna get sick of it and then they're gonna look at game day and eventually that's that's gonna be quicker though if game day starts dominating it's like oh anime no one fucking likes that and then they'll just turn immediately on game day and then steve denovi's hopefully you know uh his coaching team gets in there but then people are like steve is kind of an asshole and then they turn on him if you're good for a while it's just people are just gonna turn on you it's gonna happen i'm telling you the day is happening where people are gonna turn on the craft I'll defend yeah, you, you still. Can't be on top forever. Don't, yeah, don't. I'll defend you still, but it, it's going to happen. All right, deep roster, but not as deep as Leffler Bros Apparel. Because they got everything. Dad hats, t-shirts, tank tops, joggers, socks. They got a bunch of socks coming out. You know I love the deadlift socks, even though sometimes I forget to wear them. By the way, people, when you guys see my bloody shins, there's a reason why I'm not wearing my Leffler Bros deadlift socks always. I don't want them to bleed into my deadlift socks and blood stains are hard to get out and I'm not great at laundry. So I want to save those things. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on Leftlar Bros Apparel. And remember, you got a bunch of stuff you can choose from. Like I said, it's a deep apparel company. So uh, company. So use code ORC15, Solana15, 2WL15, make three separate purchases. Use all those discount codes because they're going to make you look good in the gym, out the gym, off the platform, and out the platform. Remember, Go to leftlarbros.com, follow them on Instagram, and use that promo code 2WL15. All right. All right. Deep roster time. Let, Who let's do it. From, I mean, because I love so much about this meet. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'll start off, like, Dan Clemens is that guy who, like, could always threaten that third spot. If it was based on Dots last year, where would Dan Clemens... I don't remember. I don't remember either, but I remember it was IPS. would have won. He wouldn't have won, but he would have, I think, placed over... Yeah, Dan, it would have been... No, Ashton still would have won on Dots, then Perk, then Brandon, then Dan, then Bob. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because like that's what Dan... But I'm looking for Dan on this one because Redemption, right? I mean, lost a tough, tough battle, 70, uh, 67 and a half kilos... I'm very confident that he's going to rebound this meet because he tends to perform really well in Virginia. Um, and, you know, it's been a long time. And really that Nationals prep was just – or that Nas the Nationals meet was just a really unfortunate thing to happen. And I don't think and he makes that same mistake. Too. What's up? He came up with an injury too that affected his squat. I think it was a hip or an adductor issue, which I don't think he's – he just PR for his squat. So I don't think he's dealing with that as much right now. So, hey, well, funny redemption. The peep that I mean, I'm not going to say they're the absolute favorites for four and five because the, it goes a little bit deeper than that. But the, the two people that, if they have perfect days, that are definitely the front rows for four and five are Dan and Sean. Mm -hmm. Double redemption. Who, who has the redemption over nationals? Because both of them obviously neither had the nationals they were looking for. Um, so, Dan, I really think I don't see any reason why he can't come out and have a fantastic meet. I mean, I've got him at a five sixty-seven dots. I mean, honestly, if if Bob or Ashton or Perk have a really bad day and Dan had the perfect day, I I could see him wiggling in there. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I can see him because I I really think I mean his best squad ever was five seventy-three. Um, I could see that happening around there again. He just bent three sixty-four. He's had chronic pec issues, and sounds like that's not as much of an issue. And the devil's going well. So I, I don't know. I, I think Dan could put up what I have him at. 16, 18. What is that kilos? Because we're also talking about how this shapes up. 735 at 66 kilos, which if he does that, that would be a huge statement considering I think everyone else in that 
range has been around like 710-ish this year in that 65 and 66 kilo class. Mm-hmm. So, so he's 66, 67 and a half yeah. or 66 kilo. USA feels it. Now, obviously, Sean, he's coming in. Uh, I, I, I think one thing, but if he do, let's say he has a great beat, goes nine for nine. The narrative is not he's going up to 90 kilos. He does not weigh that right now. He, he barely, he only weighs one kilo more than he cut from at Nationals, just FYI for everyone. So he really didn't gain weight, nor is he probably going to gain weight because he, he likes having abs too much. Um, I, I can tell you, I mean, I'll say this because it's not a secret. He's not cutting to 82 and a half because if it's a dots meet, he won't do that for the mm-hmm. Arnold either for multiple reasons. But, I mean, one of the reasons why if I have, uh, we're talking about Autumn, I'm not going to have her do it either. Because one, it's a dots based meet. We don't have to cut. But two, we don't want them setting American records that then they can't ship come nationals time that's kind of strategic for both of them i don't want him to do that um nor, nor do they want to do it so sean's not going to weigh 82 and a half but he's also i mean he is not going to be a 90 kilo lifter he's probably going to weigh about what he weigh walking around just normal body weight so um like when he was walking around 82 and a half but yeah it'll be interesting solana can talk about sean i don't know how his training's been going but solana's been, <laughs> been she, she got so to annoying she got to lift with him at Power Build, so I think you got a little bit of an insight that maybe I don't have since I haven't seen him lift in person. It's so annoying, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his training seems to be going well. It's like he's hitting numbers that I believe he's essentially been hitting before. It's just this time I think he actually put it on the platform. Like, mm-hmm. I think because he's not actually having to cut, it should be less stress. Why shouldn't you be able to go out there and just do it, right? So, uh, like, I, I really think he should get more attempts than he got at Nationals at the least. Um, I was, like, skimming through his IG. I'll be honest, at, at King of Prussia, when I was, like, training with him, don't ask him what he squatted. I was, like, around 55 people, all going really heavy. But I will say, I saw him do, like, a nice 600 squat, moved great. That's not, like, his highest at all, but it moved great. Um, he has 716 deadlift that moved great. His stuff just seems to be trending in a nice upward direction. So I think it could be a really good meet for him. I'm actually really excited to see what he can put on when it's not a head-to-head battle because he's always stressed out about head-to-head battles. And when I talked to him, he was like, yeah, it's not a head-to-head battles. So, like, I don't know. I feel blessed. I feel good, but, like, whatever. Like, he's very, like, nonchalant about this meet. And, like, when I watch him, like, his YouTube series going into, like, nationals, he's, like, not as nonchalant. So I definitely excited for that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you some insight because I think, Sean's talked about this recently. He made a post after I got onto him a little bit. What he does different in the nationals is he tries to he tries to push harder. Um, RPEs go up on everything. He, he tries to go too hard and he kind of tanks himself. And then the taper doesn't really do anything magical. It doesn't do anything at all. He just kind of beats himself up. Versus when he does these more or like less stressful meets, he kind of just trains into it. And then you see him hit what he does in training on the platform. And that's kind of the whole point of powerlifting that none of us get some magical taper. Uh, um, or at least most of us do not. Maybe a small 1% uh, get some magical taper. Mainly we're just trying to hit what we do on the platform. So he tends to, at these less stressful non-head-to-head meets, he just kind of trains into the meat and does what he do in training. And I, I think that's kind of clicked a little bit. Like that that's the approach that has to be taken every time is you don't, you don't push harder. Like you can only power like, I don't think it's a sport where you can't just do more and be better. It's not like you can just practice more and more and shoot more free throws and be a better free throw shooter. You can only do so much that your body can tolerate. So, mm. yes, yeah. I mean, I, I, he had his last training day today. Went great, just as planned. So, I, I, I mean, if everything goes as well, I think he should have a really good day and we're not really going to try and do anything crazy. We just, we just want to go in there and hit a PR total and, and do what he knows he's capable of. And so if that happens, him and Dan are definitely – the front runner for 
in my opinion, for fourth and fifth. They're kind of both in that like 560-ish dots area. The, the next up from them, which are very much in the running there, based off of how Dan and Sean do and then how they do, has to be, uh, in my opinion, Marcus, Charlie Yang, and Connor Borker. Mm-hmm. I think those are the other three that could find them well into that money position because we do have money in the top five. Usually you only pick top three, but we kind of, I guess, I guess we do need to kind of do top five because money yes. is top five. Yep. It's kind of, okay, where do we see those people ending up? Uh, we obviously just saw Marcus come off of a really good Carolina primetime. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie had a really good nationals. It seems like training is going decent. Connors had a weird, has been in a weird little funk for the last year. Training hasn't been great, but I feel like it has been trending upwards. So I, I, I can see any of them going in that like 540 to 550 dots range. So again, like that, that very much could be fourth or fifth if Dan or Sean slip up. But if we're just saying nine for nine, then they're kind of a little bit, I think, on the outside looking in. I'm surprised I didn't mention this, Steve. For Dan, did you see some high squats? I feel like his PR double, 551, was a little high, and I was like, mm. yeah. So, yes, he does that all the time in training, but he doesn't miss in a meet, so I'm not too worried. Okay. But that's also why I'm not I – don't, I don't take what he does in, tr- like, projections in training and count it as what I think he'll do meet day. But he's never he never gets called on depth when I know for squat on meet day, so I'm not too worried. It's just that like if let's say he hit five eighty five in the gym, I, I would say, Oh, he has five seventy three. That's kind of what I usually do for Dan. Okay. Yeah. I would agree with that four or five range there with Dan and Sean. Um I guess my take on Sean is I'm very confident that he's going to have one of those nine for nine meets. Um because this is like the first time we've seen Sean at a really big stage that there wasn't some implication with him in the 83s. I would qualify maybe the, what was that, the Pro-American at the um, Arnold? That was one of, like, that was, like, the last time I think he competed at one of these meets that were big, but Russ wasn't there along with. And I, I, I think we are seeing, it's actually, it's kind of cool. We get Sean Noriega. Just we get to appreciate him as a lifter as opposed to the constant rush for Sean talk. Um, and I do think this meet will go well for him. And at the same time, like when I look at nationals, it's a redemption meet, but he was still able to total 819 at a national level, and he wasn't really able to come close to that in past meets. I mean, you look at 2019 nationals, wasn't even close to what he hit in previous meets. I think he was at... 800 kilos, you know, going into the meets, and then nationals, he totaled something like 785 or something. And then for this nationals, you know, it was 819 and a half, and his best PR total was 825. You know, you're close. You're getting closer there. You're getting closer to your goals. I mean, I would I, I would qualify Dan as more of a redemption meet, quote-unquote, as opposed to Sean. Um, I, I am curious to see if this actual transition to 90 does in fact happen. That is one of the big question marks for me because USAPL tried very hard on that graphic and it seems to be one of those things that was hot for three months and he's probably going to be down in 82 and a half kilos shortly. Um, yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's just funny to me. It's the humor of powerlifting. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go up to 90 and then it's like, well, nationals is in until September. So we'll see. And I think I put a pretty I mean, large, I, mean, you- I put a pretty large bet that it wasn't, he was gonna compete at eighty two and a half kilos. I mean, he he posts his body weight, so I mean, it's not like it's a secret. He he walked around at eighty six leading in the nationals, and he's eighty seven right now. 
Yeah, he, he was eighty-seven yeah. at points this year before nationals, so he, he's he's just the same weight he usually is. Yeah, he's like I'm gonna gain weight. No, it's, yeah, I'm not. I, it's just, I, I saw it. I saw him like when people were saying, like, yeah, we'll see. Well, we got till nationals. We'll see. And then every single day, every single post, I'm like, I don't think it's going to Hey, I got more and more than yeah. my take actually being right for once. Um, but, all right, I don't know. With the people who could potentially get above or get into that top five spot, you said um, Marcus, Charlie Yang. Charlie, Mar- I mean, Charlie Yang. And um, Connor Borker. Marcus, Charlie. So, Marcus Adudu and Sean Noriega. Unspoken rivalry? Am I, is that fair to say? Can I say that? Unspoken rivalry in powerlifting? Steve? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I think Marcus is going to come out firing to try to go above Sean Noriega. Just my take on that one. I Even though Marcus blocked me, I do have a personal account, <laughs> so I can still see his list. Training looks like it's going well. I, I know Solana noted it's, it. It looks like it's going the, the same. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know if I could, I, I, I could project over what he did at Carolina Prime Time. Like I honestly think, based on kind of what I see in doing back to back preps, I mean, for no one is back to back preps easy, except for maybe Celine Crum. I think she's the only one that benefits yeah. from doing back to back preps. Um, I, I mean, I think Marcus can come in about because his, his third squat and his bench were maxes. There, I don't know if there's anything left in the tank, and then maybe chip his deadlift a little bit because he had a little bit more there. Uh, which would get him from like I had him at five you know, five forty three dots. I I could see him going like five forty six to five fifty. And yeah, I mean again that could get top five if if Dan and Sean slip up. It's just that I think Dan, Dan and Sean's top end is or like they're they're nine for nine versus Marcus's nine for nine is about ten dots higher. I, I'm just gonna be yeah like for, okay. paying very close attention to that. Just just cause. give a prediction so I'm not the bad guy here. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm just, I'm just reading off statistics like I did last time. I I'll do it when we have to make predictions. I'll and do it when we make I'm predictions. I'm a hater for reading, I'm a, I'm a hater for reading off open powerlifting statistics. I think we're, honestly, I think we're all haters and he just doesn't know that I'm on the podcast. Like, yeah. I think he doesn't understand my voice is me because we've been DMing because I have to for the pro. I'm just, I'll, I'll like, give my predictions nice. when. Like, I think he doesn't know who I am. Yeah, I'll give the predictions when I have to give predictions. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that's something I'll be looking very close to. Yeah, Angela, Angela's just wanting to make me to be the punching bag. That's fine. It's okay. I'm already blocked. It's, it's all right. I just I'm, said I'm not, I'm not crying about it. We gotta, we gotta talk about some of these storylines. I'm just very curious. Like, how is is like is that the motivation going in? Like, I got a total. I got a total. This guy. Like, that's I. I am, and I'm. I'm gonna get you know great you know um, field reports from you and Solana. Unfortunately, I will not be there, so I can't. I, I'm I'm hoping to get some stories out of this. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. I, I want to. Well, I was gonna say I'll, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Hold on, hold on. But okay, what are you skipping ahead, ahead to, Mr. Fortino? Because well, I got, I'm saying the fact that like ju- just as likely as Marcus, Connor, and Charlie are to possibly chipping up over Dan and Sean, Mark. Hug Tracy and Eric Lapointe are just as likely to chip them, chip them, yep. because I've got them all five thirty-five to five forty-five. In my opinion, it's probably more likely to see one of those beat Marcus, Connor, and Charlie than it is to see Marcus, Charlie, uh, or Connor beat both Dan and Sean. I, Eric Lapointe, in particular, 
is training. Actually, I, I actually left that out. Eric is in that picture too. Eric is in the picture to jump in the top five. I actually, I, I should have said that. Yeah, I've got him at like a 544 dots. They are all right there as well. It is, it is that, that fourth through 10 spot could be separated by like 15 dots points. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to yeah, say with Charlie Yang. Eric's Yang's training is insane right now. Oh, yeah. I'm really liking how Eric pulled out. But I was going to say with Charlie Yang, I think he's kind of the dark horse going into a few meets because I really loved his Nationals performance. That was a big stage to have that performance on. And I'm seeing some upward trending from Charlie. Like, kind of, I mean, Connor's very close. You know, he's close to the chest well, like, as far as posting things on training. But Charlie Yang's last deadlift was ridiculously good. Yes. Ridiculously he good. 650. 650, and I was like, you can definitely add more to that bar. Like, it moved, like, a second attempt. It's, it's, not, like, wow. it's not crazy to say that he's going to be, I, I think, trying to stay pace with Dan Clements. This meet, he's going to try to stay pace, but, I mean, that's his competition when Nationals holds around. Those guys aren't going anywhere on weight classes. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I've got Charlie getting pretty close to what Dan did at Nationals. Mm-hmm. Now, if Dan does what I think he can do, I don't think Charlie's going to be in the same realm as him at this meet. But if Dan doesn't and Dan is closer to what he did at Nationals, yeah, I got Charlie within 5 to 10 kilos of him. Yeah. So, for sure. But um, And then Marcus, we're talking about him now. He's got to be in the picture for that 100-kilo top three. Um, I think Jonathan Hill's still got to be the favorite there. Connor, um, obviously, we thought he was going to be – I think we thought he was going to be the runner-up with him or Bryce to Petrie and just didn't have a great meet. Eric, obviously the national champion. Mark Frizzell was a big wild card that, with a lot of missed lifts in the 75s, ended up, I think, placing, was it, forget where he placed. Was it sixth, fifth or sixth, whatever it was. He was fifth. Um, I I'll throw out one more. No one's going to no probably talk about him. Tracy Gilliard. Mm-hmm. He might push close to being the next 800 kilo lifter at 83. Yeah. That no one's, I don't want to say no one's heard of, but I I knew of him mainly because of the VA pro last year. And then when I started looking at his training, I was like, he deadlifted 700 at nationals and he just pulled 744. Yep. Mm -hmm. In training? 744. Yep. Uh, And his best going up too. Yeah. I, Tracy might walk away as one of the big, like the breakout star of the meet, because I think everyone else in this meet is is fairly known. I think Tracy is the lesser known lifter, and he might walk away as one of the next people either to hit 800 kilos or be pushing right near it, um, and really get on people's radar here, and in, probably in big part because of that deadlift. Yeah, yeah, his deadlift is trending so up, and in bench press, he get hit 413. And his comp best 391. It sounds like he's dealing with some sort of hip issue. He had a 584 squat and moved well, but he mentioned like his hip and fit. So I'm like, that might be what holds him back a little bit. But at the end of the day, massive jumps from his last meet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I That's why this like, this men's roster is so interesting and intriguing to me. Um, and he is, is he the lone technical lone 82 and a half kilo lifter? Aside from yeah, I mean he'll probably yeah he'll probably be the only one that actually weighs yep. in at eighty two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean that 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 weight class seems to be adding depth every single competition we've been seeing um, recently, and that will yeah I mean again like going over eight hundred or going at eight hundred for Tracy would be big. Um, I I, I kind of want to talk about we do have a good amount of seventy five kilo lifters here. We have a defending national champion. Uh, we have Mark Frizzell. We have Richard Cho, and we have, of course, Austin Perkins. 
I mean, I kind of want to bring this up. I did enjoy Eric LaPointe kind of clapping back at Austin Perkins when Austin Perkins made an Instagram caption. I was like, you know what? Talk your shit, Eric LaPointe. Don't let Austin Perkins get away with what he just said. I forgot exactly what was said, but but Eric LaPointe clapped back, and I'm like, good. Yeah, talk your shit. You did win. Granted, this is going to be a very difficult meet. I know he's – I mean, I – it looks like Austin is operating at a different level right now. But Eric LaPointe, like, you know, maybe there's some added, you know, uh, motivation there for him. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, being a defending national champion, let people know you're defending national champion. Mm-hmm. Don't let people take that shit away I- from you, Eric. Big, big time cla- – and again, I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a problem with Austin Perkins talking shit because he's a competitive guy. And if you're good at something, let people know that you're good at something. Yeah, I like both of them doing it because they both have actually proved something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the issue with seventy fives who haven't proved anything, talking crap and then mm-hmm. not living up to it. Eric and Austin have both backed it up with their performances. So, yeah, Eric. I, I mean, that's. The, I think the seventy fives because of how close it was, and with Perkins coming back, we're going to see a completely like different landscape next year. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, obviously, I coach Nas. I very much think Anas within the next year is going to be 770 plus. I think Eric's going to be 770 plus. I yeah. think Cam's going to be 770. Joe is already there. Perk is already yeah. there. I mean, we went from 740 winning it to next year. I don't know if you can you can be top three without hitting 770. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of lifters who talk shit and don't live up to it, we also have some other lifters in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I haven't talked about yet. Fucking let the 45-minute FaceTime conversation go to Solana this time, not me. <laughs> Solana said it. Richard, I really did this time. Solana said it. Actually, something tells me that you won't be getting both people on the chat. I don't know. Might be some... You, you won't, give them, you won't be getting two. <laughs> I really don't think... That's what I love. I don't think anyone cares enough to DM me. <laughs> yeah, I, don't think Solana, I don't think Solana got right? that joke. <laughs> no, Oh, I don't know what the hell you're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. Is that FaceTime I should know about? He did it. Yeah. Maybe more. Maybe it'll be more angry. Who knows? Um, <laughs> we'll tell you after. Um, but Inside jokes. Got it. Yeah, inside. <laughs> it's kind of. Kind of inside. But again. No. Well, so, Solana, you, you know. You know. I'll tell you later. I, I think you, I think you um, know. Yeah, I mean, Pug's training has been going decent. It was going well. decent in the Nationals. Like I said in the Nationals, I think he should have won Nationals. He just attempt selection was not very good. Um, he just posted this as his last meet ever. Whatever Period. that may mean. Um, um, that's a great we'll, way to we'll get attention explain. on you. That's what we'll, I can we'll, say yeah, about that. We'll, we'll explain whatever that may mean a little bit after the meet. Nice. Uh, of what last meet ever may mean. One thing he but, does very yeah, well, I mean, though, is get people talking about him going into meets, though. I mean, yeah. as soon as you think that Pug's Slots. gone away, boom, slippers. Boom. Last meet ever. Now we're talking about Squat's it. been going really well. Squat's been going really well. The issue's always been deadlift, and I think it's hip. Um, I think I saw a 628 deadlift with straps. So, I mean, we'll have to see kind of what he pulls. We also got Charles no, Ock Poco. Yeah, 640. Yeah. yeah uh, we also got Charles Ock Poco. We haven't talked about him much. I would have been talking about him more. I would have been talking about him possibly moving into that, that like, in that same class as, like, Marcus, Charlie, Eric, and Connor. But uh, Charles looks like he got hurt. He had to take like a week off from the gym. He's yeah. only been training for like two weeks coming back. Um, so I, I'm not, I don't really think I'm, I, I, it would be hard to expect much out of that. I hope he does really well, but I, I just don't know if like we can expect 
a whole lot if he's had to take a whole week off from the gym, what, like three weeks out from a meet. Yeah. yeah. But he will do better than last year. No yes, he will. What, he should do better than last year. Last year he totaled zero kilos. <laughs> so as long as he goes at least one for three in each lift, boom, you did it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you on that. And again, I think you do have some – because I think all the 75s are going to be going up against each other in some way. They want to total above each other. Even if fifth place is out of you know reach or Perkins is well out of reach, I think they're going to be going against each other there. Um, you know, Ricky, I think training has been going well for Ricky. Um, I do think some of those squats, though, he did get called for depth at Nationals, and it seems like his squats are relatively the same. Um, it doesn't matter if you agree with the call or not. That's a call that they made at Nationals. So potentially, like, I, I, I was expecting to see a little bit more of a buried squat from him. Um, he can de- He's one of those guys, though, who can deadlift with straps and kind of not having the worst effect on him. I've seen that with him in the past. Like, actually, at last Nationals, he was able to move some weight pretty well. And, you know, it just wasn't like a weird leverage thing. Um, he was able to actually lock out a deadlift pretty well, you know, and he does use – he uses straps to a point where I'm like, that's that may be a little bit excessive. But, you know, it's one of the – I'm not going to compare him to David Wilson. But David Wilson, when he uses straps, I'm like, okay, like, you're a guy that you kind of you kind of go right through my logic. On strap deadlifts, because I'm just like, don't do a strap single or a double. And David Wilson's a mixed grip puller who does that. And he, he I mean, he, we don't have to say anything. You know what David Wilson can do on meet day. So I, I, I would put Pug in, um, into the category of strap, not category of the weight. I wasn't, I wasn't even talking about grip strength. Just straps sometimes can elevate numbers because it can change leverages. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what I mean. mean. I'm not even talking about grip. I'm talking I, about it fucks up leverages. That's why I don't like yeah. it to use. I can see Pug definitely chipping what his squat was at Nationals and definitely doing more. He had more deadlift to begin with at Nationals. I see him doing both. It's just that that cap still puts him. It, it would be it would be hard, it would be tough for him mm-hmm. to kind of chip into that top five area. He's kind of on the outside looking in there. So all right, what do we want to do? Want do? We want to do predictions? Is it prediction time? Top five? Yeah. I didn't even. Come- well, yeah, it's a, five, we, have, okay. we got. Well, I just came yeah. up with them because I wasn't thinking we we're gonna have to. But yes, we gotta do top five since it's uh, there, there's money on the line here. I'll go first since I've already got them, and then you guys can decide as I'm talking. I went back and forth. This is the like, probably the sixth time I've changed my top three because so I couldn't decide, and I, I'm finally gonna go with just who I have the least amount of question marks with to the most amount of question marks, and that's just simply gonna be my pick because if everyone went nine for nine and went perfect, I would be picking. The actual, the opposite of this. I would be picking Austin first, Ashton second, Bob third. But that's the reverse order of my confidence on variables. So I'm going Bob first, Ashton second, and Austin third. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, any variation of that I could see happening. So, I mean, it, it's that is a very little confidence in that top three outside of I'm just picking off of what I feel variables are present. From there... Fourth, uh, I hate him, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to pick Sean, and then Dan in fifth. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like you were going to say Dan for a second there. I was like, "What did Dan do to you? Like, what the fuck?" All right, yeah. Um, okay, I like that. Solana, do you want to go next, or do you want me? No, to go? I'll go third. Okay, I will go. I want to put Perk at first for two reasons. One, he cannot say that he's under. Like this ends it. This ends the underrated, overlooked thing forever. 
if I put him in number one, beating Ash and Bob. So I want to put him there, but also it's going to be bias. I'm going to go and put my team game day badge on. I'm rooting for a teammate to win. Ash and Russo is probably going to beat my ass next time he sees me. So in order to get some brownie points, Ash and Ruska second, Bob third, and I'm going to go Dan Clemens fourth and Sean Noriega fifth. Okay. Ugh, all right. I, I'm, this is tough. I'm going to put Bob first. I have faith in Bob. I'm going to put Kirk second. Him having the day that he could have. Ashton third. Dan fourth. And... Who's me fifth me? I'm going to go with... I'll give it to Charlie. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. Solana is cons- consistent with her hate of Sean, so that's good there. Excellent. We need more of it. Someone's <laughs> got to do on the podcast. <laughs> I kind of was mean to him during a Jamar Royster take, so that was. I think it was an uncalled for me taking a shot at Sean because Steve of being a dick. I think I, I was like trying to get to Steve by just throwing Sean under a bus, but. Yeah, I do like I do like the consistency though with Solana constantly picking against Noriega. Hasn't not worked out for her. <laughs> so usually works in her favor when she does that. Um yeah, so uh yeah, I'm very excited to see this men's battle take place, but also on the female side now. Yes. Fantastic lineup again. And you got an extra addition there with Celine Crum, which was a really late addition coming off of Carolina primetime. And it would be fair to say that it's a Sam Calhoun for Celine Crum showdown. That was a, that was a big addition because oh, honestly, geez. if we didn't we, if we didn't have Celine, I don't know if the women's side is super intriguing because mm-hmm. it would have just yes. been kind of Sam and then some battles for second through. It'd been some great lifters in like second through fifth, but. Yeah. It, they wouldn't have been battling with Sam. Sam would have just kind of walked away with it. Having Celine there completely changed this meet because we have a very close battle for second or first and second. And then we also have a, well, third is kind of, I feel pretty solidified. Uh, hmm. And then third, fourth, and fifth. Oh, well, Solana, I guess we'll debate it. Fourth and Solana's fourth, got fifth, the and sixth has then got a very big battle. I don't know. There's multiple battles here. Sam versus Celine. That's the big one. Celine obviously coming off of the Carolina primetime. We've already alluded to this. We've said it on the podcast. Um, Celine, meat prep Celine is a different animal. Um, I mean, I've even had talks with her. Uh, she, she does struggle a little bit with motivation when she's not signed up with meat prep. That's, that's, that's not uncommon. And I think one of the best things she could have done for her training, like looking at this meat and the Arnold, is the fact that she's going to basically, in sense, be a meat prep through CPT, through the VA Pro, through the Arnold. And I, because of that, I might think she's going to be the favorite for the Arnold. Not only maybe the favorite for this, but I think she might be the favorite for the Arnold. Because we're seeing it here. I mean, honestly, Sam, Celine, and I think Gabby have to be the top three. Now, Gabby hit some crazy squats lately, so we're going to see how things shape up. But we're seeing the first kind of iteration of this. Just like we're seeing Bob versus Ashton, the first iteration of the finale. We're seeing kind of the first iteration of Sam versus Celine here. Um, 
I mean, one of the biggest questions that would change my mind on this battle that I don't know about is what does Sam weigh? Because Sam has been doing some different things body weight wise. It sounds like she, she had mentioned she was going to 60 kilos based on the stories he just did. It sounds like she's not right there, nor is she trying to do it, but maybe we'll do it for the Arnold. So I'm going to guess she weighs about what she did at nationals, which is just basically just sub 63. So Lee walks around the 63. So honestly, they kind of weigh about the same, I think right now to an extent, unless Solana has different information on this. No, yeah. you're right. I think they're, I think they're probably going to be pretty close in body weight. Maybe Sam weighing a little bit less, but pretty close, which means it's, it's another one of those, just like Bobber's act. It's actually a head to head battle. It's kind of like we don't have the 63 kilo class anymore, but it's just kind of a battle of the 63s. Um, and Celine's training is looking really, really good right now. Squat's looking really good. She gets a lot out of that taper. Uh, I mean, TSG programming typically runs pretty high fatigue and pretty high stress, so they get a little more coming back, and then they pull back that fatigue and the volume and the taper. They, they do much. So I honestly think Celine could probably chip every lift by at least two and a half kilos over what she did at nationals for Sam per usual. She has a poster training, mm-hmm. but the only one I think I saw that really kind of gives some insight is she typically doesn't, her deadlift isn't that great in training from what I know. She hit 455 for a double and it looked really good. Her deadlift did not, was not at its best at nationals. So the biggest thing I expect out of Sam is a bigger deadlift. I don't know if I can predict much more on her squat and bench because just, I just don't have anything to say so. But I really do think she probably can at least go seven and a half more on deadlift. Mm. Yeah, I think the most exciting thing for me is like, like as soon as Celine joined Sam DM me, she was like, oh, I have to care about my weight now. Like, I have to care about it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're about to just coast right in there and just take five grand. Not anymore. So just looking at numbers, just like you said, Steve, like all we have is the 455 by two. Doesn't matter how close I am with Sam, she's not going to be sending me her <laughs> lifts regardless. But what I will say, like that does, uh, just the fact that I know she's not cutting weight, I'm like, okay, she probably has more on her deadlift. I have Celine um, pretty much chipping everything from CPT. If she does that, I have her at 1140. I had Sam between 1135 and 11. 11- for you exactly 1135 is her matching her squat from that matching her bench and then just hitting a 496 deadlift we all know she's done 501 before and with more weight on her she can and with that i have met the exact same total mm-hmm. so and i am seriously paying close attention to what they weigh because if yep. either one is less by anything that could be what what's the crazy thing here that i can't fix i usually default to saying sam's going nine for nine so i'm picking her uh, Celine, Celine, I don't think Celine hasn't missed the lift in like three or four meets. I mean, they're both going nine for nine and what, what's going to happen, not maybe what is going to happen is they're both going to be eight for eight. Celine's going to hit a third deadlift, go nine for nine. And then Sam's going to load what she needs. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a third pull for Sam. Yeah, um, that is, I, I am so con- like on the men's side where we're kind of like iffy on like, what are we going to see from all three lifters? Like, Sam and Celine are going to hit all their lifts and Sam's going to load what she needs to win. And we're going to see if she hits it. And so you're just, it's just it. What is she going to have to pull to hit that? And is she going to make it that that's, that's it there. It's, that's just going to be to me, which is going to be amazing. That's exactly what we want. I mean, the, the best part about the VA pro last year, outside of the meat production and whatnot was people hit their lifts. That's why the meat was so good. Yes. Yeah. 
People hit their lifts last year because they didn't cut. They didn't do stupid things. You could mm -hmm. say maybe there's less pressure since it's not head-to-head -head battles and it's not nationals. People hit their lifts, and that's why it was one of the best meets of the year. Yeah. And I, I it, think for the, it, it's going to happen again this year. Mm -hmm. It gave me a new appreciation for, like, dots-based money meets. Like, I'll always love nationals. I would never want that to be, like, not head-to-head. -head. But, like, that's why I love a good dots meet. Like, people don't have to cut weight. And they can just see what they can do. That's it. Mm. Yeah, because I think we were always used to the untested dots meets and Wilkes meets, and it would turn into just like you know, hack and all these other people are going to do fantastic things because they always do. But you know, the other people in there just would have their five for nine meets. Like at these meets, you get to see eight for nine days, nine for nine days, and then it comes down to last deadlifts. And I think that is a very fair take that it's going to come down to final deadlifts. But it's funny that like the exact opposite, you would tell another lifter like, okay. Back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back meat preps is going to lead to a potential downtick in performance. We're going the exact opposite on Celine Crum. That is just a very humorous thing to me. And I'm, I'm throwing out all the all the uh, preconceived notions about powerlifting just based on what Jamar Royster did. You know, now I don't know what to think. <laughs> I said I, I'd never seen someone match or do better at a weight class below than a weight class above than Jamar Royster does it. I'm like, okay, this kind of put my mind into a pretzel, but I don't know what to think, so now I'm going to be on the other side. Celine Crum, normally I would be like, okay, she did the Carolina Prime time. The Virginia yeah, Pro maybe it, it, Virginia Pro maybe is just, you know, it, it's a great meet for her to do. She didn't do it last year. We need to see more of the top-level lifters compete at these top-level meets, and that's what Celine's doing. I love that. But normally, under normal circumstances, be like, well, you know, I'm just going to give this one to Sam. But this time, I, I really don't know. Now I'm a believer of just what Celine Crum can do at a very short period of time, especially after Nationals, where I was like, okay, planning a wedding, getting married, going against the best female lifter in the USAPL currently on dots. And she won. Like, right? It, it, it kind of defies logic here. So, um, yeah, you do have that. Um, is it fair to maybe talk about that third spot here? Because we do have Jasmine Penn, Autumn Green uh, thrown in along with Allison Weinberg um, and uh, Carly Richard. But really, yeah, for me, Jasmine Penn and Autumn Green, right? That, like, that's a shot there. Like, that's a. But what what did you say, so, uh, Salon about uh, Celine? So I was just gonna say, did you guys see Celine's story when she was explaining like, yeah, so going into nationals, like mental health took a deep dive. Like I was crying every day, went into meet, was crying that morning. One, <laughs> she was like, Carolina prime time, work was stressful, I didn't eat, something like that. Like came in one. <laughs> so she's in a good mood <laughs> at like, this meet. Bet against her. Yeah, she, someone needs to like punch her in the face. Yeah, it's like, we need to, <laughs> yeah. ho hopefully yeah, she's If fine. I see her in a good mood, if I see her in a really good mood that morning, I'm changing my prediction. She's going six for nine. Yeah. She's probably Don't worry, I get to interview them as they walk in. I'll just hit her with the microphone really hard, really quick, and then it's like, okay, yeah. let's okay. go. <laughs> All right, you're going so, physical. Third place, physical third violence. Place. All right. I was going to go mental, tested, but I physical. Mean, this is a lot of... Uh, third place, Jasmine has to, has to be the favorite uh, I mean, if I'm looking at nationals, she obviously won that if pretty handily. I mean, she had a 533 dots there, and I honestly, her squat depth is always a little bit iffy, 
and she had more on squat. Like her third squat was not hard. And she just had, because of what they did and to, to make sure they, they didn't risk the, the national championship, they took a pretty third, easy, uh, conservative third attempt. She doesn't post much per usual. It's hard to kind of see, but I mean, I think it probably did her good coming right back into prep because a lot of times she takes a long time off and doesn't train as, I believe, as seriously. So um, I, I think Jasmine has to be pretty heavy favorite for third. Um, and then after that, then for fourth and fifth, it is a very close battle of Autumn, Allison, and Carly. Uh, I mean, I can, like, if, if this is inside info, and I will say this because it's not going to give anything away. Autumn's not, I already said it, Autumn's not cutting so therefore, like, even if she was like, let's say Jasmine had a bad meet and Autumn could tie her on total, which is very plausible um, with where I think Autumn can be. And if Jasmine had a bad meet from where she was at 1196, they, they, could, they could tie on total, but Autumn's not cutting. So uh, if Jasmine is, that pretty much seals the bag there. And so I, I think Jasmine has to be a pretty heavy favorite for third place. Um, and honestly, if there was anyone who could challenge it, it's Carly Richard. Because I have no idea what she can do. Yeah, I have a good idea what Autumn can do because I she has posted on Instagram, so I checked those out and I got to see some of her lists finally. Um, Allison, Allison, I had to start making notes because she never posts her list; she just posts on her stories. I had to make some notes there, but honestly, Allison's another person who tends to only do nationals and kind of lose a little bit of motivation. So I think it was really good for her to do this meet. I, I have a good idea what Autumn and Allison are going to do. Carly, I have no idea. She's a private account, so I don't know what she can do, but I do know every meet she's done, she's adding like a ridiculous amount to her total. Um, the progression's insane right now. So it would not shock me in the slightest for her to come in and do something that we had no idea she could do and we would have predicted because it would be crazy to think of and could somehow get third. I, I could actually I could see that and it wouldn't entirely shock me. I just don't know how to predict it because I don't I don't know much about her other than she got second place at nationals. She's had some really, really, really good progress between after me, coached by Kyle Power. Um, so yeah, what do you got, Solana? Honestly, I'm mostly agreeing with you. Like the only thing for me is that when I watched Jasmine Squat, when I got to see her in person, they do look high to me. And even at nationals they tried to take away her second attempt, but then they got overturned. So I know the judge has knee will be strict, and I'm just wondering if that will cause an issue again, and that could potentially mess her up. But even with her missing a squat and going more conservative, if she even gets, like, two in, she should be in a good spot. But that's my only big question mark about Jasmine. Uh, yeah, her numbers are higher overall. I do see her taking third place. Carly, just like you said, I wish I knew what she was doing. She's got a super high dot, like just the fact that she had a big jump from her last meet to this one um, with the 505 dots. So we'll just kind of see. That could be a breakout meet for her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Allie, I hit her up right before the podcast. <laughs> she basically said that her chance are going well, but nothing's insane. She's hoping for some uh, meet PRs, but I don't think there'll be anything crazy. So she's doing well, but... I don't think we'll see anything massive. Hopefully some chips. Yeah. I was having the biggest mental lapse just now because you're talking about Jasmine Penn struggling with depth at nationals. And I'm like, why the fuck can I remember this? And I was panicking. So I'm like, did I forget <laughs> everything? And I, I forgot I was competing during it. Yeah. That I like confused this. me so much. I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I would have, I could have swore I would have remembered her competing and commentating her, but okay. That makes more you sense. That's why my now. scouting report is fuzzy. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, because of that. Um, 
Yeah, I, that fourth, fifth spot is interesting. I mean, because well, if you're going to tell me that Jasmine Penn, you know, is going to come into this meet and Autumn Green is not cutting, then it, it does make it a little bit easier for me. Because I, I did forget you mentioning that, Steve, because um, you did make that announcement a while ago um, that Autumn wasn't cutting. So I guess that does make third mm-hmm. place for me a little bit easier. But yeah, Allison Weinberg... Um, I'm curious to see like if he's able to rebound because 2020 was a real successful year in training for her, where we saw a lot of you know upward pro- we saw a lot of upward progress that trend line going back to nationals uh, preview shows was looking really good for her and I think this kind of life and of those general things got in the way um, you know I, I think maybe potentially like after this meets you get that ball rolling downhill again and pick up the momentum. So I'm very excited to see what he can do. Of course, I'm going to trust Autumn Green for many reasons. One, Steve Denovi is coaching her. Two, she's a Leffler Bros uh, athlete. And also, she does show up on meet day, and she did beat Charles Apoco and Austin Perkins on a pause squat challenge who are both competing at this day. (laughs) So it's very possible that uh, in spite of Austin Perkins potentially getting that top three spot, Autumn Green is still better than him. Random fun fact, too. Uh, the American record squat and total is lower in the 82 and a half kilo class than the 75 class. That's uh, hilarious. did not know that. Well, I, yeah. and have those new weight so classes. If there was going to be one weight class yes. happening, it was going to be that one for me. Like those weird new weight classes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the American record on the squat and the, the total is lower. Mm-hmm. So that's a fun little goal is to go set those. That was actually a discussion last year with Autumn because we looked at it and we we're like, I think we could go and win 82 and a half. And she basically said, that's not as fun. Like, I, I want to beat Jasmine. Like, Jasmine's better than me. I've got to, the goal has to be Jasmine. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, Autumn, if, if knowing the numbers I think she will hit, if she was cutting, mm-hmm. I actually do think it could be plausible with third. And I would put her as a heavy favorite for fourth. But since she's not going to cut, not necessarily much. We might do a little bit like a gut cut the last night and water just to make a lot of the athletes might just do a little bit just to drop a, a kilo maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'll be close. I think Jasmine will probably have a good cushion there in third, and then it will come down to Autumn, Allison, and Carly. Um, I mean, this is just a, a bias to an extent, but uh, I do just trust that Autumn can hit lifts. Um, we have had a little issue on deadlift, um, but I, I think uh, with this is – probably been our best prep because we had a, we had a little bit of a shaky prep going into nationals because she just really dealt with uh, kind of a cramping, like hypertonic erector, spinal erector. And we figured out how to manage that. And she's had zero pain and training's gone amazing. I mean, she hit more in training uh, squat wise and faster than she did when she set the American record back at the Arnold. So um, yeah, I expect a really good day out of her on that. Mm. Yep. Also, Allie's not cutting either, so that makes me really wonder about fourth place a lot more. Okay. I don't know. Well, yeah, what that, that, is. That, yeah, that makes it all that makes it all interesting too. Because yeah, yeah, I think I don't know how much Allie cuts, but yeah, that definitely makes that. I mean, because if Allie was cutting, then you, I looking at dots. Well, maybe she's the favorite. But if neither of them are cutting, then that kind of evens the, the the scale there back to the fact that they're they're only separated by like one dots points coming in yeah. in the first place. Yeah, and, and I don't that know. Was off of. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know what exactly her walking around weight is, but I know Allie has had some hard cuts. Like, her cuts are always pretty tough. Like, sauna night before. Like mm. So I'm like, okay, like, how heavy are we going to be? And, like, how heavy will Autumn be? 
So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so, I, I know and, Car- Carly does keep a little bit close to the chest as far as training goes, but, you know, based on nationals, fantastic meet from her, executed list very well. So um, I, I this is why these meets are good. Four or five, you know, kind of getting into that top five range is an actual uh, is an actual thing to be watching here. And um, Steve, were you going to mention something? I think I cut you off. Yeah, I was going to mention we have th- we have three more. We yeah. have Jaslyn Pepper West, Heather Foss, and Ariel Patra. Ariel, a favorite of two white lights. I- I'm going to talk about Jaslyn and Heather though about the implications of the pro standings. They have an outside shot. Like we're talking right now of Sam, Celine, Autumn, Allison, Jasmine, and Carly is top six. Seventh place gets 22 points. Unfortunately, I think if you get 22 points, you tie with Jordan, and that likely will, that might not get you in because Jordan's, I, I don't know if there's a tiebreaker, but I got to think the tiebreaker's got to be Nationals, and Jordan got 22 points at Nationals, so she obviously gets that. If Jaslyn or Heather were to get sixth place somehow, and they were to jump into that spot that we're not talking about, something happened they could sneak their way into that finale possibly. So that's an interesting little tidbit there. Unfortunately, Ariel would not be uh, 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 qualified because uh, of national. She uh, did not uh, complete a bench press, so she got disqualified from the Pro Series. Um, but fortunately, obviously, Ariel had that redemption meet at Carolina Prime Time, much, much better, and hopefully she can kind of carry that momentum into here. So we'll kind of see how... That plays out, but they're probably all, all those three are probably outside looking in for that top six area or top five at least the money. Like it, it, it would be really tough. Like I mean, they're all in that like four sixty to four eighty dots range, and we're probably talking top five has to go five ten plus. Mm-hmm. I will say though, if we're gonna mention them, then we also should mention there's a lifter. I don't think anyone knows her name's Juliana. Forgive me, Iron. No, I don't know how you say last name, but I will say her last meet she got four seventy dots. She's done five meets total, competing since 2019. She does not post any training, it's just pictures. But her last meet went really well. I think this could be a meet that like makes people look at her. If she does Wait. well. Because so, I don't know I don't know much about her because I didn't look her up because just honestly, I only looked at pros. Um, they allowed non pros into this meet and they're not part yeah. of can I believe are the are the non pros allowed to win money? I don't think they yeah. are. Wait, Wait, what? Why, why wouldn't they be? Awesome. Perkins. He's a pro. Perkins is a pro. But he didn't do nationals. Doesn't matter. He doesn't can win money. Matter. He, he, that's for the finale. Uh, He's still a pro. I believe, <laughs> I might be wrong in this, but I believe you have to be a pro to be eligible for the money because this is a pro meet. But it was allowed for non pros to do it, but there is this like a guest lifter. I, I mean, regardless, I, I might be wrong on this, but yes, I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't have much familiarity with Juliana because I, did, I just didn't look into it since I, I was only looking at the actual pro lifters that were entered in the meet. All good. I'm just saying it could be a meet where we start potentially talking about her. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> if she posted training, I have more to say. I okay. mean, there's some other. I mean, there's some non-pros. Lorenzo Wright, he did really good at nationals. Um, Halita Wu, amazing deadlift. Uh, Rose Huang, really good 56 kilo lifter. So we got some really good non-pros. I just don't know if, I don't believe they're in the running for placing and or, uh, yeah, because there's actually, or money. I, again, for sure they're not part of the pro series, so they can't get points. I, I'm not 
sure on the money, um, but I felt like I read somewhere that they were not part of the money. Okay. But could be wrong. Could be entirely wrong on that. Wait, hold on. What did you say that Juliana's name was? I, is it is her handle Juliana I underscore I U O? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I was confused. How did you try to pronounce her name? Iorno. It's like I O U. It's Iorno. Yeah, you're good. It's okay, an so Italian name. I didn't roll it's the R. Ita- you no, I didn't. No, no, you don't have to roll your tongue. It's Iorno. I was like, what? I'm like, who? I'm like, because you mumbled, you mumbled through that entire last name. I believe it's Iorno. Listen, I was really just trying to get through it. All right, nice. Juliana. Oh uh, yeah, you did. You did Juliana, and, and um, yeah, she's good. She's a good lifter. She is good. She's a good lifter. You're right on that one. Uh, all right. Well. Anywho. Prediction time? We ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah. first. I'm going to go first again because I'm not scared of nothing. Yeah, this okay, one's yeah. a little elite. All right. All right, Steve. I'm taking Celine first. Ooh, all right. Uh, I, I like the fact, again, I think they're all going to hit their lists. I honestly, I don't want to say it's an advantage to any way, but I like the fact that Celine is going to get to hit her third deadlift and it's going to have to push Sam to hit hers. And I think it's going to have to push Sam to hit 496 to 501, which I think is very doable. I'm just not a hundred percent confident there. And I picked against Celine too much. And I just think it's time that I need to pick with Celine again, toss up Sam wins. I would be not shocked at all. I mean, there was a reason I picked her to win best overall lifter at nationals and I was correct on that. Uh, but I, I honestly think I could see Celine doing more than I predicted because she typically does of what I think she's going to do. She does even more than, and if she does that, then she may actually, I don't want to say run away with it. She may actually put that third attempt out of reach. I just don't know if I see Sam putting it out of reach. So I've got okay. Celine first, Sam second, Jasmine third, Autumn fourth. That pained me to do because Autumn's getting really close to squatting more than I ever did, and I've been trying to hold her back, but it's going to happen eventually. Um, and then Allison Weinberg in fifth. Um, nice. Like I said, Carly, if she got third, I would, I would not be shocked. I just, I just don't know anything about her or don't haven't seen her list to be able to comment to be confident to, to say she's beating. Jasmine Autumn or Allison. Yeah. Okay. I'll go second. So I'm gonna give first place to the person who I truly believe, if pushed, can get her last deadlift. I've seen Sam do five one four in competition. She does not have to weigh sixty kilos. She's over that. I'm not concerned about her getting her last deadlift. I think Celine will chip everything, but I don't see her doing more than chipping every single lift from CPT. So I'm giving it to Sam because she will have that last lift advantage. And then second place, I would give Celine. I would give Jasmine third. I would give Autumn fourth. And I would give Carly fifth place. All right. Um, I don't think I've ever picked against Sam on the show, even including a draft where I thought she was an IPF world champion. I put her yep. as one of my picks for go. So, I mean, you know I have confidence in her. Um, I'm not going to pick against her this time either. I'm going to go with Sam first, Celine second. I'm going to go with Jasmine Penn third here, Autumn Green fourth, and I will echo with Carly Richard and fifth. All righty. Also, 
I want to maybe, is there a bet involved in this? There's an opportunity. I will be at a wedding while this takes place. So unfortunately, I can't. I'm good. I'm effing at FOMO here. Steve is going to be there. Salon is going to be there. I am going to be here in Illinois. That's why the audio quality of this episode is a little bit different. Um, I am a best man at my cousin's wedding. Uh-huh. So it was a very, a very important one. I'm, I'm the best man, the better man. Some might say, wedding singer quote. Um, but there's an opportunity to potentially have me take a shot of something if I am wrong. So is there a take or something we want to get out there that, we, you know, Solana and Steve could gang up on me on and make me drink a weird amount of alcohol? Or, I mean, I feel like the only hot take you had against us is Perkins winning. I'm about to say it has to be men. Oh, damn it. I, I worked myself to a corner there because that's probably the lowest odd. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> you guys had the hot take that, last time with Kamar. I think I had the safer thing of saying that he wasn't going to total. So. No. All right, what do you want we didn't have a hot take. We just research it. I literally, I just looked at his training. And it, said, that's happened a lot. That's happened a lot with Kamar. He was totally like 840. We talked about this. He tends to dip before he gets to the platform. Okay, okay. All right, whatever. Whatever, I guess. Solana it. bought the dip. Solana <laughs> bought the dip this time. There's a so giant I Solana. By the way, if you're ever, if, Solana, if you're ever in Illinois, there's a giant Solana billboard that, I, it's, it. just, it's just huge letters, Solana. That's awesome. I'm like, all right. And every single time I see it, I'm like, buy the dip. Buy the dip. But anything. And what do you guys want? want? I'm not going to make you do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, if you lose, Steve, you got to go and just like try try to give Marcus Sadudu the most like passive-aggressive compliments ever for the entire day. And you have to record like three of them. Record three? What? How do I know what's going to happen? Okay. He's got to record him doing it somehow, or you have to record it. Yeah. And then, no, yeah, even that would be worse because Marcus, like, okay, I'm just going to punch this guy right in the face for being a dick right now. But, um, <laughs> that's that's an element of danger. I don't know. Like, I, I'm I'm trying to think of bets to do while so I'm at a wedding. you have to take a shot, and I have to go try and start a fight with Marcus. Literally, he's like a both, punch in the face, you get a shot. Both can't happen. If I take enough shots... There's a lot of hot-blooded Italians there. Who knows what happens? Maybe you see me get into a fight with a bunch of five, six Italians. You don't know what could happen. But I don't know. I'm just saying, like, any... I'm gonna be at a wedding. That's the opportunity to present itself, and you guys could message me, like, okay, you're wrong. This is what you gotta do right now. And, of course, okay, video well, evidence. I say Angelo takes, like, three shots of... I don't okay. know, whiskey. Whatever you want. Okay. Only be <laughs> three shots in a row. All right. And then what's Steve have to do? Is Steve, are you going to do that, Is Steve? Solana going to be included on bets oh. eventually, or? We're on Steve right oh. now. <laughs> Feels like it's. I'll wear, a Cub, I'll wear a Cubs shirt on the next episode, preview show we do, or something. Okay. That's if... I think you should have to take some shots before the episode starts. He drinks like two drink beers beer during the episode. episode. That's not. That's, that's not. That's, that's, that's shots of alcohol. Yeah, but. Uh, not beer. Just hoping that actually made that oh, something. Gotta, speaking of that, I got I, after we're done. I gotta go. Show, I gotta show you a video from our Christmas party. Okay. All right. Ooh, Christmas party is happening early. Okay. Well, we'll we'll yeah. Three shots of something. You wear a Cubs shirt. Um, don't want to bring this on air, but I was really pissed off at you today, and I'm gonna be pissed off at you for a long time because the, your take was shitty. 
I'm, I'm happy it annoyed you even more or just, or just as much as you losing Wilson Contreras to the better team. I'm not going to deny maybe it might, it might be the better team, but you know, this whole like, yeah, I'm not bringing it on air. I'm not bringing it on air. It's not happening. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not doing it. I'm going to be the bigger man here. Cause I was thinking about it for like 30 minutes of how pissed off I was at that take. I'm not doing it. All right. Well, Virginia pro ladies and gentlemen, Saturday tune in. It's going to be free. Link will be posted, of course, on our story, Solana's story. I'm assuming C story. Really, any lifty there you're following is probably going to post a link on their story. What time does it start? It starts at 12 p.m. The pre-show starts at 10:30 a.m. So be on the live stream for that too. And the Friday Q&A is from 7 to 8 p.m. Night before. Same link as the actual link for Saturday. So all right, East, Eastern FYI, Eastern Standard Time. Eastern right. Standard Time. Yeah, so it's like 90% Please watch the Q&A. Yeah, 90% of the people are from Texas who listen to this, so therefore they got, oh, okay. their, they got no Eastern. Yeah. All right. Watch the Q&A, guys. I'm in charge of it. I'm doing it. It'll be fun. It will not be lame. Just do it. Just watch it. All right. Can't wait. All right. Gym story. story. Wait, we're doing gym stories? All right. Okay. Gym story. Yeah. I'll do the time that a gun pull got pulled out on me. Good. Woo! You deserve it. This is, this is actually... <laughs> you deserve it. This was it. not... This was not me working at the commercial gym. This was back in college. So back in college, for the university, more, for sure. um, if anyone has been to a college co-rec, especially a larger university, it is god-awful. So by my senior year, I decided to start going off campus to like the bodybuilding gym that was in the area. Um, and there was a guy there. His name was Douchebag Dave. I don't know his actual name, but his name uh, was Douchebag Dave. I was going to say, very because, weird first name that his parents gave him. Yes. You're setting up your kid it, for it failure. If you met him, it, it probably was actually truly officially douchebag Dave because he was a douchebag. Okay. Um, Dave thought he was the greatest bodybuilder on this planet, but I was a naive little young kid, and it was just I was nice to everyone at that point, um, and so I was nice to Dave, and we we'd work out occasionally together, uh, um, but Dave would just ask questions sometimes that you're like you probably shouldn't ask that question that way. It just kind of comes off defensive. There's one time me and him are on the seated cable row, um, and we're sitting doing some some rows. And there's this guy. He, he comes in a couple times a week, older gentleman, probably six foot three, overweight. And all he would do is come like do the calf raises and leg extensions and leap. That's all he'd ever do. Never heard him talk. Um, and he comes in. He's doing the same thing, and he leaves. He's never there for more than like twenty minutes. And douchebag Dave goes, hey, what are you doing? Leave it already? That was quick. And this guy comes over fuming. You mother effer, why the F do you care? Reaches into his coat, pulls out a gun, points it right at Dave. I'm standing right next to Dave. And so I start creeping behind this pole. As the manager of the gym comes down, asking what in the world's going on since they're screaming at each other, and the manager literally goes, if you guys are going to shoot each other, do it outside. I don't want blood in the gym. And then walks away. That's actually um, a good way eventually to... Eventually, Dave... I don't know if Dave it. apologized, but he eventually said, dude, dude, like, I wasn't trying... I was just I was just joshing with you. Calm down. And the guy finally walks away. But that's the, that's the one time I've ever seen a gun hostilely pointed at someone or brought out in person. So, so wow. really, a gun was pointed at Dave. Yes, okay. but I could have it could have ricocheted off of a wall and come back down. Stolen valor, Stolen Stolen valor. You kind of stole that valor from douchebag Dave. He should he should come on and tell this story. 
probably won't yes. appreciate us calling him Douchebag Dave, but I honestly, when that story started, I thought Douchebag Dave pulled the gun on someone. Same. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know the other guy's name. Never got his name. Gun pulling yeah. Greg. Guns a blazing Greg. That's yeah. what I'm going to call him. We'll, we'll go with that, sure. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So that'll do it for Two White Lights. Uh, more episodes to come. We will be having Rondell Hunt on for our next episode. Very excited for that. We'll be recording with him tomorrow. So see you guys. He's going to talk, talk about his training. Yeah. See how it's going. He has nothing going yes. on. Nothing weird. Nothing controversial or anything going on with what uh yeah what has happened recently so stay tuned for that also virginia pro recap should be coming as well also we got to talk about some stuff especially with the euros there was a lot of stuff to talk about we just weren't able to do it so i don't know i, I want to kind of we'll work it in because our our next our next planned podcast though before that is the awards. Uh, yearly awards we got to do that next week oh i'm so pumped next for week it. is next week has to be the awards before we do any recaps, oh, yeah, you're so. right oh i'm so pumped for the okay. awards I'm just, I, I cannot be more excited for that. That's there's one thing picking inanimate do I, do objects I, as draft picks. Should I read off and, some of our some of our things to kind of tease it? Yeah. Yes. And these these we, also could change. I could get an idea at night and just make it an award. Yeah. We have the obvious ones, but some of the ones we came up with. I mean, we obviously have, have uh, all of our breakout performance thought. We're going to do that, but. Bad journalist moment of the year. We've got three nominations so far. Angelo thinking Sam Calhoun won Worlds. Steve yep. mispronouncing Shanika Frown. And Ryan Lapidat calling Chance Mitchell winner of Powerlifting American Nats. Um, social media post of the year. The IPF bench post is up there. Um, the kid who was walking to class and it messed up his session. The USAPL bombing out post. And Sean Mills calling out group chats and coaching commission. Um, Troll of the Year, Dan Bell calling out Sean Mills for that exact thing I just mentioned. The Nori Gaming page, John Hack asking Angelo if he's Steve Denovi or Steve getting people to send CB feet picks. Um, two White Lights, Biggest Hater of the Year. Actually, we talked about one of the people on here. Uh, Marcus Adudu, C.C. Yeah. Whitney, Shanika Frown, or uh, James Cole. Okay. All right. All right, yeah. See? this is so, I love it. Potentially can expect more from that list to grow. Something ridiculous could happen, you know, within this, or just I get a ridiculous thought. So stay tuned for that. We got a lot of great ways to end out the year of Two White Lights, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.